going for that. Good to see everybody today. We're tiny crew today, a relatively small crew. So we will I will attempt to make this be a little more of a discussion. It's my preference when I can get it. Um, and Chase, I'm going to play a video in a little bit. So could you grab that white remote over there and turn the volume all the way down? Because the video is not going to have sound, but I think it might. Um, oh, there we go. Um, all right, so um, I wasn't sure about, uh, oh, one interesting thing is that you guys not, may not be aware about how special the living room is. We have constant comment tea, and in case any of you don't know, that's the world's best tea, um, and I can't believe we have it. I don't know how it showed up over there, because most people, have any of you ever heard of it before? Yeah, it's, it's the world's best tea, um, so it's a shame that people don't, aren't aware of that. Uh, but it is here, and uh, so I'm going to enjoy a cup of it while I talk today. I've got a little bit of a throat thing going on. Savannah and I did a long hike yesterday, about killed both of us. Um, it was it was a long hike anyways, but it was a little snowy, and I guess it was causing us to just walk a little bit differently than we would normal normally, and uh, ooh, 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 ooh. <laughs> We, uh, we, we went in just after daylight, and um, we finished with uh, using our cell phone flashlights. We were not expecting to be out until it got dark, and, uh, but we couldn't. We, we, are, we had two cars, so we were parked on each end, so we had to get to the other car. So it was a long day, so, so I'm feeling a little bit congested. So, um, so I, traditionally, we would be talking about faith, hope, love, and peace or whatever, but today should have been Herb Thought Love. It's not, because I didn't know. Um, so I, I pulled an audible and decided to just talk about what was on my mind. And um, so I want to talk today, and as often as I could, I used that transition because it feels so Christmassy. I'll back it up so you can hear it and see it again. There we go. Wow. I mean, does that put you in the spirit or what? Isn't that awesome? Um, so, I asked Savannah, we, we hiked for like nine hours yesterday, so we had a lot of time to talk. I asked her this question, or something similar to this, I said, are, are you anxious for Advent? And I think maybe what I asked her instead was, there you go, are you anxious for Christmas? So I just want to ask you guys, just, you're just looking at that, you've got a knee-jerk reaction, are you anxious for Christmas. And it's okay for you to ask me a question back, because that's what Savannah did. You mean anxious in a good way or a bad way? Ah, the same question Savannah asked me. It's a funny word, isn't it? Let's think about anxious in a good way. How many of you are anxious in a good way? Anxious in the I'm looking forward to Christmas? Okay, so I'll you. How many of you, is there at least an aspect of this that you're kind of, I'm a little anxious about Christmas. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so I guess I want to start off by reading about the original Advent and then talk a little bit about this idea of uh, different types of anxious, anxiousness for Christmas. So let's jump into... Uh, Luke chapter 2, 
And uh, I'm just going to go ahead and read, read this to all of you. And again, I chose a Christmassy font and even put a, uh, an ornament in the picture. And, you know, I don't know what that has to do with Jesus, but it, it was, I thought it looked pretty great. So. Um, so while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. By the way, where they're at is that they had gone to uh, Bethlehem and there was no place for them to stay. Most of you know the story. And so they are out someplace where the animals live, some sort of stable or something. So while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. She gave birth to a son, her firstborn. She wrapped him in a blanket and laid him in a manger because there was no room in the hostel. There were sheep herders camping in the neighborhood. They had set night watches over their sheep. Suddenly God's angel stood among them, and God's glory blazed around them. They were terrified. The angel said, Don't be afraid. I'm here to announce a great and joyful event that is meant for everybody worldwide. A Savior has just been born in David's town. A Savior who is Messiah and Master. This is what you're to look for. A baby wrapped in a blanket and lying in a manger. At once, the angel was joined by a huge angelic choir singing God's praises. Glory to God in the heavenly heights, peace to all men and women on earth who please him. As the angel choir withdrew into heaven, the sheep herders talked it over. Let's go over to Bethlehem as fast as we can and see for ourselves what God has revealed to us. They left running and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger. Seeing was believing. They told everyone they met what the angels had said about this child. All who heard the sheep herders were impressed. Mary kept all these things to herself, holding them dear deep within herself. The sheep herders returned and let loose. This is an awesome translation. The sheep herders returned and let loose, glorifying and praising God for everything they had heard and seen. It turned out exactly the way they had been told. Um, so the shepherd's anxiousness, I think, is uh, it's worth us thinking over this time of year a little bit. Um, I mean, can you guys, I thought the message did a good job here, kind of giving the sense of excitement, you know, that that type of anxiousness, that, you know, that you can't wait for something type of feeling. Um, you know, they're so excited about what's happening, um, you know, as it says there, that they let loose, <laughs> glorifying and praising God. Um, and the last couple of weeks, I've been thinking a lot about this anxious, anxiousness in my life. Um, so I want to share with you guys two different stories about anxiousness. So one, one from many years ago and one uh, much more recently. And then we should have plenty of time. Um, then we're going to talk a little bit about this. So we'll let everybody have some time to talk. So since it's story time, I was preparing this morning in front of the fireplace, so I literally just filmed it, and uh, so you guys can get all cozy, and if you want to get up here and sit close to it where you can get feel the warmth, you can, um, and I'm going to tell you a couple of stories. 
So it's uh, it's Christmas morning, 1975. There's a few of you that weren't alive at that point. Uh, my family lived in a we called it a cabin, and uh, and it was in an, it was built as a cabin. It had now become our home, um, and the main living room area in this cabin um, is a is a large open room with a vaulted ceiling. A relatively large sandstone fireplace. Um, on Christmas Eve, we would talk my dad into um, putting what we called a Yule log onto the fire. What it really was was the biggest log we could convince my dad to put on the fire, of which he begrudgingly did because he always said big logs don't burn very well because they're they're too solid. They but you know but we as kids you know the, the bigger the log the better. Um, so we put this Yule log on the fire. Um, we just thought it was great. And since the, the ceiling was vaulted like this in the living room, that year we had put the Christmas tree in the middle of the room um, because it was a fairly tall Christmas tree. Uh, and it was a cedar Christmas tree. We would go out. My parents owned quite a bit of property, and we would go out on that property. We didn't have pine trees. At least we didn't have any pine trees that you could have cut for a Christmas tree. They didn't look right. Um, but we had lots of cedar trees. And so if you hunted for a while, you could find a cedar tree that looked kind of approximately the right shape. Um, and, uh, and I think someone in my family, maybe my mom sort of liked the smell. I don't know. Anyways, that's what we would do. Um, I just turned seven years old. Um, I would say Christmas day was the pinnacle of the year for me. It was like everything else in life was timed relative to Christmas day. You know, it's like that was three weeks before Christmas or that happened just after Christmas, you know, or, oh my gosh, it's July. It's the furthest away from Christmas we can get that kind of stuff. And, um, and so in the same way that uh, Christmas Day was the high point of the year, Christmas Day in the evening when I was laying down to go to bed was the absolute worst time of the year because I knew it was a full year until Christmas came. And it, I, I'm very serious that it was a very dark night for me. I mean, I, it was really hard to go to sleep that night because I just lived for Christmas Day. Um, We'd added on this little room to the back of the cabin. It's where my brothers and I slept. And um, uh, I think of the Newell family when I think of this little room. So we had triple high bunk beds. Don't you guys have some triple high bunk beds? So we had, we had triple high bunk beds with an eight-foot ceiling. And my dad had put these beams across the ceiling. And so I sat in the top bunk. But when I sat up in bed, my head was touching the ceiling. And there was this beam right in front of my face. Which <laughs> occasionally, I, in the dark, I'd get discombobulated and run into that beam. And... Um, this particular year, again, 1975, um, it's 5 a.m., and my brothers wake me up. Um, and I am so excited because oftentimes on Christmas morning, I would wake up too early, and I couldn't get up. And uh, But I knew since they were up and waking me up, we had the green light. It was go. And um, so I get up, and I am shaking so hard. Um, because of excitement, um, and it made me think a little bit as I was reading those shepherds about how excited I was shaking so hard that I, I asked my brother to stay underneath me as I came down the ladder because I really thought I was going to fall because I was just like just I was a complete wreck with excitement though. Um, and uh, right next to our door was that living room. This is a small old cabin, so I walk into this large living room, and and as I expected, Christmas trees in the middle lit up. The fireplace is over there burning. I can see on the ground. Um, our stockings, which had been hanging on the mantle of the fireplace, they'd been taken down. They had stuff in them, so that's pretty exciting because that's the stuff we could look at right now. 
we didn't wait for mom and dad to get up to open a gift. It was there for us to take. So that was exciting. There were a few gifts laying around the stockings. And I walk over to the Christmas tree and I bend down to look underneath it because sometimes there would be Christmas presents there before I went to bed that night before. Sometimes there were more Christmas presents and I knew exactly which ones were there and I, and I, would, and I would instantly recognize that there were new ones. And so I'm bending down, you know, I'm looking at this Christmas tree like this and I'm walking around like this. And all of a sudden something out of my peripheral kind of catches my attention. And I look up and there is sitting in the middle of our living room a Honda XR75 motorcycle. And this was the kind of thing that I never thought we would ever own. Like, I just didn't think that was possible, which in, in hindsight is quite laughable because, yes, it made sense that my dad would get us that. But I didn't think we would ever own a motorcycle. And um, and I remember I kind of fell backwards, and I, I had the sensation that maybe I was going to pass out or something. You know, I mean, that's that is just how big... And exciting all of this was to me um, and so for me that is that is the most excited anxiousness that I've ever experienced in my life and I can use that as kind of my benchmark for you know other things such as my actual excitement for Christ and things it's like do I ever get to that point again you know I've never had a Christmas that I was that excited about again and of course I was excited for all the reasons you don't want your kids excited it was all about the gifts and all that but Okay, it's what it was. Okay, and uh, it was good. Now, I want to share another story, and this is a story from just a week or so ago. Um, so, isn't that fire great? And it just keeps going, doesn't it? It's awesome. That looping feature in uh, the software is, awesome. is just fabulous. Um, so, my oldest brother, um, he is one busy guy. Okay, now it's by choice to some degree. Yeah, to some degree, some degree, it's just the situation he's in. But he works a full-time job. He just bought a house from his son so his son could have his house. And in that process, my, my brother takes good care of things. And so he needs to do a small amount of modification to this house he's bought, like new roof, new siding, replace all the windows, actually move some windows, take some windows out, add some windows back in. He needs to build a workshop, a large workshop, like a ginormous barn. He needs to build a two-car garage. It can't quite attach to the house due to the orientation, so he also needs to build a little connector between his house and that house. The front of the house doesn't look quite right, so they're going to change the porch and extend it out a little bit. Uh, he also did not have any place for his chickens, so he had to build a new chicken coop. Um, and this list just goes on and on and on. And I mean, that's just the house. He has three grandkids. They spend a lot of time at his house. His daughter... Just started a new business. He's helped her start it. He also works for her from time to time. So he'll do his job through the day. And then he'll come home around 8 o'clock in the evening and he'll start working for her if she has overload work. His son also just bought a new business. And so uh, it's an auto repair dealership. And his son uh, had not run a business or anything like that before. So his son, he comes home from work sometimes between work and working for his daughter. He'll swing by his son's business and help him do stuff. Are you getting a sense of where I'm going here? He is one busy guy. And um, so he comes to us and says, hey, um, Christmas Day, the plan is that everybody comes to our house that night. It's our turn this year, um, Christmas evening. And he's like, we're just too busy. Oh, and by the way, he's also getting ready to go to Afghanistan for four months, just to mix it up a little bit. And um, so he says, how about we... So he sends us a note later and says, we'd like to have Christmas on Saturday. Now, this is something our family's never done before. I mean, we have, as long as I can remember, gotten together on Christmas Day. 
Um, and ever since we all got married and got out of the home, we've always met in the evening on Christmas. And no big deal to do it on Saturday. It's just different. But this is a bad year. This is my dad's first year to be to wake up on Christmas morning by himself in his entire life. He's 81 years old. He's never woke up in a house by himself on Christmas morning. That's tough. Um, what do I do with that? I started thinking about maybe I could invite him to my family, to Jill's family's house. Maybe that's a possibility. You know, I don't know. And after talking to Jill, we kind of decided that's difficult. There's challenges there to make that work. Um, then some good news happened, and my other brother said, hey, you know what? We were already free on Christmas night. We're going to go ahead and just have an open house our, our, that night. You know, we know everyone wouldn't be able to make it. That's why my brother's having it on a different day. So we'll still do that. But he said, we'll just have an open house that night. All well-intentioned. Um, and he said, that way Dad can come to our house. That sounds great. Now, I'll come back to that in just a second. Then we also realized my dad's a gift person, and my mom has always bought my dad gifts. My mom can't buy my dad gifts anymore. So we don't buy gifts for parents and stuff. We've not done that in years. And you guys might know if you know Jill very well. You know Jill. Like, when she sets this in her mind, that's the way she wants it. Like, like we've not bought gifts. That's what we do. We don't do that. And here I am in this tight situation like, we're going to have to organize a way to buy my dad some gifts, which is another change, another mix. Who, who buys it? How much do you spend? When do we give it to him? Do we give it to him that Sunday night? Well, then maybe one brother's not going to be there and the other one is going to be there. Well, then do we leave it at his house for Sunday morning? Well, that's no fun. Nobody's there to open it with him. You know, are you guys getting where I'm coming from? Anybody ever rode this horse before? Um, then we get the text from my other brother. Saturday's canceled. Not a lot of information. Just Saturday's canceled. If we're going to meet on Sunday night, on Christmas night, then Saturday's canceled. We don't really know what all that means. I, we're not completely sure. I think he's coming now to the Christmas evening one, but I don't know. Um, I wrote here, I was frazzled. I'm somewhat frustrated by all that's, that's, that's been going on, but mainly I'm just really sad. I'm sad that it's just difficult. The life's difficult. Um, I didn't sleep well a couple of days trying to figure this out. There's no solution. See, that's, that's what's interesting about this. There is no solution that makes everybody happy. Anybody been there? And it's really, really unfortunate. Um, so I asked this question. Can we relate to this type of anxiousness? Or can we bask in the excitement of Christ's birth and our festivities, or are we drowning in our own anxiousness for the difficult times ahead? Can we bask in the excitement of Christ's birth and our own and, and our festivities around that, or are we drowning in the anxiousness for this for the difficult times ahead? So, what did I learn in the last few days from all this? Um, You know, here I am, I'm 51 years old, and I'm still learning, you know, that trying 
to please the world can take away heaven on earth today. Trying to please the world can take away heaven on earth today. And it's funny how that is. It's funny how we can get ourselves worked into that. And, and I'm bringing this all up. I mean, we're just a small group here, but um, a lot of times we can't fix this stuff. We can't fix the world. We, you know, I want so bad for my oldest brother to be happy. And I want so bad for my dad to be happy. And I can look at their situation and I, I know everything, right? I mean, I know how to fix their problems. At least I think I do. Um, they're not really that interested in what I have to say. That's funny how that goes. And, um, and yet, you know, so, so this idea of trying to please the world is just so difficult. And for a few days there, I was letting it take away heaven on earth. Um, but it's not completely illogical. I mean, you know, I, it's because I care about people. I mean, so I'm doing exactly what I think Christ wants me to do, but in the process, I'm losing a chance to kind of bask in uh, Christ's glory. All right. So, this week, some things for you guys to think about. Avoid Christmas season anxiousness if possible. Remember the shepherd's anxiousness. Um, I wonder if that story about the shepherds, because I had never thought about that story from an anxious perspective. I'd never thought about how excited they were. Part of it was that version of the message that I read, I think, was really helpful. Um, and I think if I can remind myself this week to be a little bit more shepherd anxious, to be a little more focused on this idea that, you know, I, I thought they left their herd. You know, I don't know what happened to the herd. I had, maybe they left somebody behind. But their herd, there's nothing more important to them as a shepherd than the herd. And they were glad to leave that behind to go seek out what they thought was right. And I thought, if there's anything I can do this week to, to not change a thing, you know, I, I'm trying to help my oldest brother. I'm trying to help my dad. I mean, I'm trying to do a lot of good things, but I'm letting it destroy me in the process. You know, I lost hours of sleep kind of worrying and stewing and not knowing what to do. And if I could somehow just be anxious, because... I don't know about you guys, but I want that seven-year-old anxiousness back, you know. And I, and I get it a lot. But, uh, you know, when I knew Chase and Savannah were going to come home for a few weeks, there's a lot of that there. Like, you know, people at work probably could reaffirm that, you know, multiple times they'd be like, so, you know, so what's coming up? My kids are coming home, you know, kind of a thing. You know, I'm excited about it. And I don't want to let that be robbed away from me in my life. But I'm more aware this year with the challenges in my family um, that I've got to be very intentional about not letting that rob my excited anxiousness for this season away from me. Um, so with that said, that, that's the, the end of it. And I'm going to leave that up for us uh, to think about while we have communion here in a few minutes. Um, but I just want to step back and just see, am I stirring anything? 
Do you guys have any thoughts about this, about maybe your own struggles or something you've done that has helped you um, or something you're thinking particularly um, more about this year than other years about how to deal, how to, how to navigate this holiday season, which can be both the most beautiful season of the year and yet maybe the most difficult season of the year. And, and they can just be so intertwined with each other. So any thoughts? Pretty heavy topic. Not as much fun as I wanted to talk about today, but I feel like I need to. So, yeah. Um, the older my parents get, um, the more it, it seems like they are the priority. And it's nice to have plans coincide with our siblings, but mom and dad, and 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 understanding and letting that prevail just even stronger each year is not causing um, an anxiety in our family. It, it just is very affirming that doing right by mom and dad is always going to be the right way to go. And so I've just felt better over the years um, because of that. And now with Herb and I, uh, he's thinking the same thing too. So it's all pretty good. We have a, a biblical mandate to take care of our elders, and I think over the past five years that has taken on new life for me. You know, I see that now, and and it's like it's not that I didn't understand it before, but I it's part of my life now, and so I do see it through different lens. Yeah, and the, and the priority is high for that. Yeah. Anybody else? how to let the anxiousness of the season go, like yep. the bad side of the anxiousness. My uh, <clears throat> my parents are divorced. My mom wakes up alone on Christmas. You know, very similar worries that you're having that I'm having. And while I'm stressing about those things, I never actually achieve fixing them, which is what I really want. Um, and so I am missing, like, the joy of spending with my kids because I'm so worried about my parents. And I, I'll just be honest and say, I don't, I don't know how to let that anxiousness go. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's, yeah, and sorry, I, I certainly don't mean for this to be offensive because when I was writing this down, I was thinking through how, you know, this is, it's, it's easy to take the reservation. The hard part is holding the reservation. Um, but the, uh, uh, it's like, I think, for me, it's, it's a great reminder to just recognize that it would be good if it could happen. You know, that, that like all this stuff that I'm piling on, it's not as important as the other stuff. But I was struggling the same thing, but I was like, but it's not going to go away. You know, and, and it's like somehow I have to figure out, uh, I said a few minutes ago the word navigate. That's what comes to my mind. How do I navigate all this mucky muck that's not going to go away and try? You know, we talk about the shepherd anxiousness there. Try to be able to do that. And um, I don't have an answer. You know, I, I, other than I know that's what I want. And I'm, I want to get there. Um, and occasionally things happen that make it a little easier than other times. Um, certainly my brother calling up and saying, hey, we're going to have dad over to our house in the evening. That actually was beautiful until there was other knock-on effects from it. Um, but in general, I thought that was really nice. 
Um, so, yeah. Yeah, so I hope I don't come across offensive. That's not the point. Yeah, okay. Ben. Um, I was thinking about, like, these comments, and, and I think I think it's right. Like, the anxiousness is we can't just make it go away. But I think, like, what you're talking about, all those things that you're doing, if you step back, you'd probably say, yeah, that's – I feel good about doing it. That's a That's a good thing for me to do. What gets us in trouble is all the thinking that we do you know, when brother cancels and we say, oh, what's this mean? And, and and so we put on all sorts of stress just in our thoughts about it. But if we just allow ourselves to be anxious on that level, but still do the things that matter, you know what I mean? Um, I don't, I don't think, I don't think that anxiousness goes away. <laughs> no, I, I think people do all sorts of stuff to try to make the anxiousness go away and it makes more problems. <laughs> but but I think we can have a lot of things going on in our heads and still spend time with our kids or still go yeah. visit our parents or I don't know. Yeah. You're right. It's not a it's <laughs> it's not a fix, but I think it's better than you know, the the more we start responding to when our brother cancels or something like that with like, oh well, I'm going to fix this this way or that way, then then things start getting worse. Yeah. One thing I did think about that we that I have in my control um, is, um, let's just take my dad, for example. He's an awesome, awesome guy, and he's doing way better. And so the stress of my mom going through what she's going through, I don't really know what all that was causing, but that was making life difficult for my dad. Um, but... Things like, um, and him and I have talked about this, his life is set up on expectations of others. And so he sets up these expectations around him, and if those don't happen, then he's very sad. As opposed to setting it up that if these expectations happen, oh, that's nice. If they don't happen, here's how I'm going to function. It's, it's the difference between what I would call a low-maintenance and a high-maintenance human. You know, there are some people I know that they're just good. They're just good all the time. I, I don't ever think in the back of my mind about are they good or are they not good. And so I, one thing I've thought that I can do some control of is doing what I can do to not add additional difficulties to people's lives. And, and if I think long about that, I can be like, oh, I don't add difficulties to people's lives. But I do. I, if I really think about it, I can realize that I do. You know, it's it can be something I do to Jill without thinking about it. Like, it just I get used to something and I just expect her to do something, and she can sense that I expect it. And you know, I'm adding just another layer of a difficulty in her life. So, um, you know, that doesn't do anything for what my dad's doing, but it it does make me, it does give me an opportunity to make maybe make it better for somebody else. Anybody else? Got a couple more minutes? Somber. Somber talk, isn't it? It is the best tea in the world, by the way. <laughs> Amazing. It must be if you don't have a Diet Coke. <laughs> What'd you say? It must be if you don't have a Diet Coke. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. 
yeah, that's a good Diet Coke warm. I've had it warm. It's okay. <laughs> it's not as good as tea. So. <coughs> Anybody else? Yeah. Are you able to successfully get there, though? Because I mean, for me, I can say it, and I know it, but then doing it seems much more difficult than that. Yeah. There comes a point when you just have to stop. I'm saying this as much to myself as everyone else. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> you just have to stop and say... You know, I think about um, one thing for Jill, a, a really huge part um, of Jill's role as a mom and a wife is she takes a lot of, puts a lot of thought and time into food. It's something she thinks about a lot. And this time of year can be difficult for her because she will be ahead of time, like telling the kids, she wants to know, what do you guys want? How do you want the cupboards stocked when you get home? And... Honestly, I don't think you guys, you guys just kind of want to be like, just whatever. That's what you really want to say, I think. But That's what I say. Yeah, so, and <laughs> there, was a, there was a hidden jab in what he just said there. Um, but, uh, but you can tell for Jill, she'll say something like, um, so hey, what do you guys want to have for dinner this evening? I've got, we could have this, 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 and this. And if one person kind of is like, yeah, none of that's grabbing me. It bothers her. It bothers her a lot. Because, you know, she's put a lot of effort into this, and she sees it like as something that she's responsible to take care of. And now she can't do that because she's done everything she can do, and it's not working, and, and you can just feel a little bit of stress comes up. And I just think it's, it's interesting you know, if you were to ask Jill, should she let that stress rise? She'd be like, of course she knows she shouldn't. But it does. That's the biggest stress for me this time of year is food. Yeah. <laughs> so I feel that too long. We should stop eating. <laughs> Just take that up, take, take that off our plate, literally. Yeah. So. All right. Any other thoughts? I was trying to think about. Uh, Hear everybody talk about like sitting with the family and how that can cause that anxiety and stuff. Uh, I wonder if a lot of that, I mean, I'm sure it's happened over the, the ages, but I wonder if it's a little worse now because with technology, we can talk to each other, you can even look at each other when you're talking and stuff. As opposed to back in, say, like the 1700s, where if you knew your family was meeting, you probably hadn't seen them since 
maybe a year ago, two years ago. And so whatever whatever friction you may have had or whatever is kind of alleviated because it's like you haven't seen them in two years. So it's like a, a very, very, very special time to get together and, and see each other. As for Christmas, now it's like, you know, it's like some of us are family with like, like a small village, you know, they're always out of the country see the one here and mom and dad Germany. But even then it's like you're, you're still connected these days as were a couple hundred years ago it's like you only you know, maybe write a letter you might get it in six months you know, right, and right. That. So I, I think it's interesting. I think it's interesting the specialness of things like Christmas and all that has kind of we know it's supposed to be special and, we, and I think part of the anxiousness is we know it's supposed to be special, so we have to make it special, but it really isn't. It's just another day that's been set aside to glorify the idea of being together with people we always get together with. Anyway. Right. And I was actually thinking almost exactly the opposite of what you were saying, is that I wonder about the issues, too, that we don't live together like we did. You know, I think about um, that podcast I did with my dad. I didn't know until he told me that his grandfather, he lived with, in fact, his grandfather had my dad's family move in with him to take care of him. So he basically said, if you'll come in and, and live with me in my house, take care of me, then once I'm gone, you can stay in my house. That was kind of the agreement they worked out. And, you know, and so all of a sudden you realize, like, in that situation, all this planning for that granddad for Christmas Day doesn't happen because they live together. You don't have to plan for that. That's just what it is. And... You know, and so sometimes I wonder if some of our challenges, like with my brothers and I, is we're, we're kind of close, but I mean, we only text or talk if there's an issue. <laughs> you know, we don't ever call each other just for fun, and or almost never. So, and so, you know, sometimes when we get together, it's a little bit awkward because we almost don't know each other very well. So, all right, any other thoughts? I think the last thing that for me that is really confusing about all this, and, and this is where I just kind of have to just lean back on God and just say, you know, just guide me through this. Um, because Jill's family can manage to get together and have a blast every year with what appears to be zero effort. And it just it just blows my mind. Like I can't figure out how it works. It's it's like they get together and you know on paper you think this is going to be a train wreck. It's too many people in a house that's not big enough, and you know you, I could just go on and on about the quirky, funny things that are going on there, and then yet it just works, and uh, and it'll it's a great mystery to me. And so I, I just think you know, sometimes we just can't figure it out. So all right, let's pray for communion. Uh, I'll pray and then I'll break the bread and then uh, please come up and. Uh, and enjoy uh, the bread and the juice and remembering Christ's death um, while we're also this week remembering his birth. Let's pray. God, we appreciate a time to chat. And God, help us to, uh, to be excited as we think about the virgin birth, about the birth of a Savior on this earth, and we celebrate this in our country. Help us to stay focused. It's hard sometimes. Um, but especially since we're talking about it, help us to uh, to not be worried and stressed and anxious um, as we come into this week. And God, as, as that does happen inevitably, um, if you could just 
wrap your arms around us and let us feel your spirit and let us know we're loved by you um, and all's going to be good no matter what and uh, help us to be able to find joy through that even though there are things all around us that are kind of robbing us of that joy. We ask that you'll uh, be with us to have safe travels, be with people that are are having difficult times, especially be with Crystal as she's going through some difficulties. And help us to never forget the significance of Christ's death and resurrection as we celebrate this communion. Christ be praised. Amen.